there was an article that listed the five most popular resolutions made every new year. Fifth on the list was to take up a new hobby. The fourth was to make more money. The third most popular resolution was to improve relationships. The second was to stop smoking. And the most popular New Year's resolution is what? You guessed it right, to lose weight. Well, this reminds me of a story about a woman who walked into her, mas her master bathroom and saw her husband standing on the scale weighing himself, sucking in his stomach. The woman thought to herself, if he thinks that sucking in his stomach is going to make him weigh less, then he's dumber than I first believed. So she sarcastically said to him, Honey Bunny, sucking in your stomach is not going to help. And he said, Sure it will. This is the only way that I can see the numbers. <laughs> it's good to laugh. It's so good to laugh. Amen. Has anyone heard of the expectancy theory? The expectancy theory is a motivational theory based on cognitive psychology. It proposes that people are motivated by their conscious expectation of what will happen if they do certain things and are more productive when they believe their expectation will be realized. The expectancy theory says that individuals have different set of goals and can be motivated if they have certain expectations. This theory is about choice. It explains the process that an individual go undergoes to make choices. In organizational behavior, behavior study, Expectancy theory is a motivation theory first proposed by Victor Vroom of the Yale School of Management. The expectancy theory of motivation suggested by Vroom does not concentrate on need but focuses on outcomes. If people expect a positive and desirable outcome, they will usually work hard to perform at the level expected of them. The expectancy theory is comprised of three components, expectancy, instrumentally, and balance. However, this morning I would like to focus on the expectancy component using as a topic, great expectations for the new year. Great expectations for the new year. So as we look at our text, starting in verse one, we see here that David is giving us three examples of how we 
can have great expectations for the new year. The first thing that we need to do is reflect on our life's journey. So verse 1 says, I will extol thee, O Lord. Extol means to lift up, to glorify on purpose. It is an intensive or intentional action. David says, I will extol thee, O Lord. In other words, David is saying, I'm going to praise you on purpose. Why? Because thou has lifted me up, thou has healed me, thou has saved my soul. So we see here David saying, I will extol thee, O Lord, I will praise you on purpose. Others may forget you. Others may murmur against you. Others may despise you. But I'm going to intensively and intentionally praise your name. It is as if David is saying, I don't need a pep talk from a preacher. I don't need to be fired up. David is saying, I'm going to praise you on purpose because when I reflect on my life's journey, I remember how you lifted me from the pit of hell, how you lifted me from the ditch of sin, how you lifted me from a bed of sickness and pain. You lifted me uh, from bondage of doubt and fear. And for that, I will extol thee, O Lord, because when I think of your goodness, I have no choice but to praise your name. Can you think of some of the things that the Lord has done for you as you reflect back over your life? That you realize if it had not been for the Lord, you would not be here right now. G.S. Bowles asked the question of his congregation back in 1863, what is praise? The answer, he said, was rent that we owed God. He concluded that the larger your house, the greater the rent should be. In other words, the more you get, the more you praise. Verse 4 says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. So to have great expectations for the new year, we need to sing and give thanks. Notice that in verse 4, we have two commands to praise God, sing and give thanks. Well, contrary to popular belief, these commands are not options. The mood or tense of the word sing and give thanks is imperative, which simply identifies these words as an order or a command. To make it simple, this verse is a call to all to show an appreciation for what God has done for you. So David says in this verse, sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. 
And notice that David did not say, let all the people with melodious voices sing. He did not say, let only those who are in the choir sing. David said, sing all ye saints of his. So no matter what you face this year, hold on to your expectations by singing and giving thanks to God. You must remember if he brought you out before, he will bring you out again. Amen. And the third and final thing we need to do to have great expectations for the new year is we need to trust God for the results. For verse 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Here we see three reasons why we can trust God for the results. One is because God's anger is only for a moment. That should have made somebody shout right there. Psalms 103 verses 8 through 12 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For, the, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I can't think of a better reason to extol him. I can't think of a better reason to sing and give thanks because God has every right to be angry with me, this old wretched man that I am. Yet, Psalms 103 verse 10 reminds us that he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. And for this, we ought to say thank you. Thank you, God. The second reason we should trust God for the results is also found in verse 5. In his favor is life. Now, this phrase may also be translated, his favor is for a lifetime. And well, you see, some people say that favor ain't fair or favor is not fair. I like the way it sounds, favor ain't fair. <laughs> so forgive me any English teachers that are in here. <laughs> but what that is saying is don't get mad at me because I receive excessive kindness partiality and preferential treatment from my heavenly father. What do you expect a father to do? Give me a stone when I'm hungry? Give me a snake instead of a fish or give me a scorpion instead of an egg? Well, Jesus said in Luke 11 and 13, 
Well, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give? You see, we need to trust God for the results. Why? Because in his favor is life, eternal life. Through his son, Jesus, who died on Calvary to save you and me. The third reason we need to trust God for the results is that joy is on the way. Verse 5, it said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So, well, before we get to the joy, let us spend a few minutes on the weeping. Why? Because we have to go through the weeping before we can get to the joy. Weeping and joy goes hand in hand. You cannot get to one without going through the other. Notice David says, weeping may endure for a night. In other words... David is saying you can count on that. Weeping is going to happen. There's no way to get around it. No way to get under it. You see, in this life, you will have tribulation. Nobody said that life was going to be easy. As a Christian, you will go through The Bible lets us know that many are the affliction of the righteous. So the Bible already lets us know we're going to go through stuff. But the good part of it says, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. So the Lord is going to deliver us out of all of the afflictions that we go through. But sometimes those things we go through, we brought on ourselves. We can't blame God for it. We did it ourselves. You was at that place where you shouldn't have been. And so happened the police raided it. You got thrown on downtown with the rest of them. I'm just making something up. But you know, especially some of us when we were younger, we did things that our parents told us not to. No. no. (laughs) (laughs) But some of the things we've caused ourselves, we were being hard headed, We we didn't listen. Mom says, don't go down the street. What you do, go down the street, get hit by a car. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) But you understand the point I'm trying to make, right? But then there are some things, some things God allow us to go through, some things the enemy tries to pull you away from God and make you go through 
try to put doubt in your mind to let you say, hey, God, God forgot about you. Why are you serving him? Don't ever listen to that because the Bible says God will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. So if you hear any negative stuff in your head saying God has left you, God's forgot about you, God doesn't love you. That's the enemy trying to turn you away from God. Don't listen to that. I don't care what your life is like. God loves you. No matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, God loves you. God will forgive you. All you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. We're all not perfect. We all make mistakes. And the Bible lets us know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all of us in this place, there's not one person in this church that has not sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have. But our God is gracious enough to forgive us. So we have to go through the hard times. Sometimes we go through the hard times so that we can minister to someone else. I've always said, how can I tell someone what to do and how to do it if I've never been there? So God will allow you to go through certain things and share what you've learned. My sister, my brother, I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. Look, this is how I went through it. This is how I made it through. Because there's someone out there, there's someone in here who needs to hear that word. We all come in, we're smiling, good morning. And, but someone is hurting on the inside. We don't like to share everything that we're going through, and we don't have to because we can go to God for ourselves. But there may be something, a testimony that someone will bring that will touch someone and say, you know what, that's exactly what I'm going through. How did you get through? How did you maneuver? I feel like throwing in the towel. So weeping is going to happen. However, the text says, weeping may endure for a night, but. And I get this from my husband. He always says, when you say the the sentence that you say first, and then when you say, but it negates everything you just said. And this is perfect here. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So so weeping is negated out. It's not going to last for a long time. And what I like best is the fact that right behind the word but, night, there is a comma. Weeping may endure for a night, 
comma. There's a comma there instead of a period, which means the story does not end here. The comma leaves room for great expectations. So listen as the saga continues, but joy comes in the morning, which simply means, yes, you are going to cry sometimes. Yes, you are going to have hills to climb. You are going to have some lonely nights, but joy cometh in the morning. So I'm here to let someone know. I know that you may have a heavy heart. You've been through situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance, dilemma after dilemma, hurt after hurt, pain after pain. But I'm here to tell somebody to just hold on. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't surrender. Just hold on. I don't care if you have to strain to use every muscle in your body or use every ounce of strength. Just hold on. Keep the faith because help is on the way. Great expectations (coughs) for the new year. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word to let us know that we can have great expectations. That your word is here to comfort and provide guidance to us, oh God. So we thank you for the weeping because the Bible says that we must give thanks in everything. So we thank you for the weeping. But we declare and decree that this year is when the morning is coming. God, we are planning to see the breaking of the day. So we thank you, oh God, as we go through and reflect over our life and see where your hand has helped us through. We're going to sing. We're going to give thanks to you, God. And we're going to trust you for the results, knowing that all things are working together for good to them that love you and are called according to your purpose. So we thank you for this word to kick us off in this new year, Father. We all have great expectations. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen.